What number is this? Uh, 198. You want some more? No, I want them to give me all their muscles. <laughs> That's so good, right? They just want to so go in there. Just like stop and give me them all. I'm telling you, they're go, so good. Go and try their smoked. Is <laughs> smoked, this one hiding? Oh. Smoked crab cake sandwich is fucking ridiculous. This and whatever the fuck this juice is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they make all that stuff it's in magic house, elixir. If you're yeah. listening, Ronald brought mussels, smoked mussels. <laughs> yeah. Which oh. is maybe the second or third time you've done this. Yeah, you're talking about going in and robbing the mussel place, right? I'm. It's I good. need some muscle it's to come good. with me. I to just go saw Logan Lucky, so I'm all about like, putting together an unlike a heist yeah. team. Yeah. God damn, I don't want to see that movie. Can we? Can we touch on something today? I hope we touch on if something because we've got an episode can, to fill. Who are we episode. though? We're movie shmovie. <laughs> are you sure you put? As you put your hand, <laughs> like I think we are. I, I think. Kind of... I think it's one of those things. Like, um, <laughs> it's like an online dating situation, and we finally met each other. Yeah. You know, you ever watch Catfish when it actually works out and they actually meet the person? Yeah. And they're like, holy shit, this person's real. Yeah. You guys are real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's true. It's been, uh, has it been a month and a half or something Man, like that? Man, it feels like it's been longer About than that, About a month honestly. and a half, yeah. We've kept it alive with the phoners. And yeah. today was actually going to be a phoner. And then Steve said, well, I'm going to stop by your house to record my part and we'll just get on the phone with Ronald. And then mm. I thought, well, maybe we can get Ronald over here. Yeah. And so a phoner turned into a... A, a rumor. In <laughs> a rumor. Yeah. Yeah. It's a rumor. Yeah, but it's actually true. <laughs> it's spelled different. It's an R O O M E R. It kind of worked out, man. I, I'm not doing much. I just want to watch wrestling mm-hmm. later on tonight, and that's it. I, awesome. I want to hang out with you guys. He was talking about shit canning a comedy show. Yeah, that so on I have, tonight just so he can watch pay per view wrestling. Yes, <laughs> I have a I have a comedy show that I know is going to have a good crowd. Mm-hmm. And I want to skip that. <laughs> <Watch> people get <laughs> slammed in their underwear. Well, how many comedy shows do you do a month? Um, way less now that I'm in DC, but oh. I'm just getting into the like. Give me a number. I Is it more than one? Yeah. How many pay per views are there a month? Or, two. Oh, there are now. There's two a month. Oh wow! Yeah. See, I'm out of the loop. Yeah. Like I remember, because, I, I'm, it's because I'm of the of network. The, oh, so they, oh, right, they right. have okay. the network now. I was going with like if it was a greater than or equal yeah. to like I, I want to go with the pay per view. <laughs> I want to talk to you about paid services too. Okay. Okay. I want to talk to you about paid services. This I'm, is episode 198. 198. Yeah. Movie movie. Yeah. And we've kind of done that great thing where we kind of slide right in. I was just gonna say we did say who we are in the general sense yes. of that this is movie movie the podcast, but we didn't say specifically yeah. who we are. I'm Ron. You're Ron. I'm Steve. All right. And and the guy who previously referred to both of us, you are John. John. Okay, so that's all cleared mm-hmm. up. Yes. You said I was gonna rob the muscle joint. You yes. said Ronald was doing something. Yes. I forget right. what it was. These are all context yeah, clues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to think that the beginning of Piece every episode together. of Movie Schmovie is like one of those tricky thrillers where it takes you a minute to realize that you're watching scenes out of order and yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, when we yeah, finally yeah. do say this is a movie podcast and we're here to talk about item X, yeah. people are like oh, it all makes sense now. Right, right. Um, so what are we here to talk about today? A bunch of stuff. Can, <laughs> I think so. Can I talk? Can I bring up a subject that no. I wanted to kind of pitch okay. to you guys? Okay. So lately, we've been hearing about in the Americas um, a service that's kind of like a supposedly quote unquote unlimited movie pass. It's called mm. Movie Pass that allows people to pay ten dollars and get a movie every twenty four hours from the theater. You can go to the theater. Mm-hmm. see a movie apparently 91 percent of the movie theaters in the country are participating mm-hmm. i don't know if that's true mm-hmm. but i want to ask you about that and then i also want to would it not up... be maybe that 91 percent of the chains are maybe because that's surely what I, I there are some little yeah. art house theaters and right. stuff that aren't part of that but. but then there's also the subject of uh britain who has actually been doing this for almost 10 years and there are three services that actually offer this there um one of them being cineworld 
uh, we actually went to the Cineworld Theater to see Get Out in the Mm, UK. Cool. And I saw a big commercial, unlimited movies, just 10 10 quid. Just very interesting commercial. It sounds interesting. Yeah, and then when I came- Blimey! (laughs) Oh, 10 quid! And then I spoke to you and you said that you had kind of thought about getting the service too. I signed up for it as well. Yeah. Neither one of us got our... Now, somebody help me out. How is this different? Is this different from the movie pass from no. years ago? So this service is the same service. Uh, it's been around for a couple of years. Right, right. And it, like, it started out at like $50 a month or something. Then it was yep. 30 I, def- I did have the service like when it was like 30 or 35 or something like that. Mm-hmm. I only used it for a few months, and then I kind of canceled it because I, I didn't... I didn't see myself going enough, mm-hmm. um, and you know, kind of just canceled it. And it's been like not a member forever, right? And now, yeah, you're right. Like they just made this huge announcement last week where they're like rolling this service out. They're re relaunching it. Anybody that's already enrolled in it or a subscriber got switched over automatically, but they have a new ten dollar a month model. Yeah, and they obviously didn't plan it out because like no. their site, their support, everything Shite. has just completely crashed. Yeah, even like a week and a half later. It is still it's impossible very, very unstable. Yeah. Like, yeah, I tried to re-enable my service or mm-hmm. my, my thing because I tried to sign up and it's like, oh, you already had one. It's deactivated. Okay, well, how do I reactivate it? Mm-hmm. No support. <laughs> I try. I opened a ticket. Like, it's just horrible. It's hard, man. Aaron, it's hard. I signed Aaron up. It went through, I think, right. and she got charged. And it's it says it's like in the mail. Yeah. So I'm hoping her card comes and we can test it out with her. Right. But I'm still waiting literally a week later to have a response to my ticket that I opened about Jesus like, how Christ. do I do my account? But... It's just funny to think about like a service that's fighting like a theater chain like AMC who's like become very vocal about wanting to block it. Right. But like you can tell they didn't have their like ducks in a row because no. like, you know, people are gonna fucking go nuts for ten dollars a month of unlimited movies when yes. you're promoting that ninety one percent of Yeah, thirty sounded like maybe you could get your money's yeah. worth yeah. every month. I feel like yeah. we would. Yeah. yeah. But also totally. we're not always gonna be like I'm very choosy sometimes about what screenings and what theaters. And that's right. why I didn't subscribe before. Sure. It's because it didn't sound like it was as all encompassing or inclusive as it could have been. But and now it almost sounds like if you've got this push and you've got enough people excited about right, it, right. that's kind of like any kind of new system like this, it has to have a certain amount of of a buy-in to even see if it could be successful. Yes. You know what I mean? Like yeah. long term, that ten dollar price is very, very appealing. Yeah. If you literally can walk up to Cinemark or AMC yeah. and every day go see a movie. Not that it, it is, I have it the is, time to do that, but I mean it seems like it's the same model that I used back then, but mm-hmm. like it it is not the easiest thing to use. Okay. Like even if you get your card and you're ready to go, mm. it's not hard, but it's not like you just walk up and get a movie ticket. You do it in advance, right? Yeah, you well you do it there. You can't do it in advance. You have oh. to do it there in a you can't buy advance tickets for like a later thing. Okay. Like you buy it through the app and then okay. you basically swipe your card or you use your app like at the at the ticket counter. Gotcha. But it's like you're going through their intermediary to get the ticket. Gotcha. You know, and that's kind of the service and how it works. So somebody who's not like technologically inclined, yikes! Like it's not an easy thing to do. Right, right. You don't just at least when it was when I had it, you don't just walk up with the card, unless that's changed mm-hmm. and like be like swipe my card. If that's changed, that's good because like it wasn't that way before. But I'm pretty sure you have to like use the app to like pick your seat time. Yeah, that's what it seems. And like. it's like ready to go and it's on the card. And then they swipe it, and when they swipe it, it's buying that specific thing for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I mean, that can I, I can see that being glitchy, even if it was a perfect system. Right. But like when right. they're going through their shit now, where like it seems like everything's crashing, like you can't even get like the theater list to load in the app. Yeah. Like I'm just curious, like 
I would love to know like what, like, no one's probably used it yet. Existing customers that got switched to the ten dollars right. one probably, probably can because it didn't interrupt to. them. Yeah. But I'm curious, like, for new customers, I don't know if they've actually gotten their cards yet or not. Yeah. But like, what the service looks like, walk literally walking in. And trying to use it if it actually works. Yeah, now. could you walk into the yeah. theater, go, oh, something's showing yeah. in ten minutes, right. and boom, I'm gonna done. And walk don't, in. I, I'm curious. Don't change the time. Did you see the steps to change the time? If you fuck around and get the wrong ticket, oh no, oh Jesus, I, yeah, I didn't <laughs> oh see my that. God. Oh my god, it looks nuts. But I like what this is doing. I like that there. If if it becomes stable, say if it becomes stable, yeah, let's let's project six months from now, right. This is a oh, it a, needs to be before six months, or that company's done. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, um, this is a pretty interesting alternative to the other services that exist, especially if you want something. So the the, the conflict has always been, I can't see new movies on these old ass services. It's getting giving right. me movies right. that are eight months old, six mm-hmm. months old. I want to see something now. Right. It's nice that you can couple this with a a Netflix account. And almost have access to everything. Mm-hmm. Sure. $20 a month, you can see damn near anything you want to see if you want it to be that And way. if you throw Amazon and Hulu in there too, then right. you pretty much have it all covered. You have it you all, know? literally, right. yeah. So say if, say if Tops, that's $50 altogether a month, which isn't bad to see almost anything you want to see. Yeah. Um, I just started a trial of YouTube TV, mm. which gives you um, a, a subscription-based live streaming service. For TV, then you also get to add five people to your plan. Mm-hmm. These cord cutting services are kind of becoming amazing. However, I have seen someone add up if you if you did it all. To, right. If you decided I'm going to cut cable, did. I'm going to cover right. like someone who watches a lot of different programming. I guess yeah. and they were like, it's not that different yet. Right. You also have announcements like Disney pulling off and announcing they're going to do their own streaming right. channel or service, and now they clearly have enough content. If anybody can do it, Disney can do it, but. I don't want it the minute we're starting to say, look how inclusive all these services are being. I don't yeah. want that second to be when your Disney's and your whoever's see more dollar signs in. But what if we do our own? It, exactly. You it's know? it's like uh, Hulu and Amazon and Netflix are creating this blueprint that people are clearly seeing and yanking that content from yeah. and creating their own. It's like format. they put it in to make sure, like, oh, wait, <laughs> right. this is working. People right. really want it. Oh, and then when that cool. option comes up, okay. Especially Disney, who yeah. can buy Netflix right. and become you know well, that I hope deal they don't. was huge when they announced they were yeah. supplying all that it's and huge. i have to admit yeah. now i have a lot of blu-rays that never come off the shelf because a lot of the stuff we right. bought because we can justify having a star wars movie or right. a marvel movie because henry will watch it you know just right. when he's bored he'll just put one on right I it can... almost takes a little bit of the fun out of it to some extent it does a little bit but i think that's just something i've had to adjust to about all this availability yeah. anyways just a lot of options sometimes makes none of the options feel that special yeah but there's still a there's still like a subculture of finding odd movies that just aren't sure. picked up on any. You can still search. find them, yet. Yeah. You can. You which can is still nice. discover them or have someone point out to you something that you right. didn't catch in your browsing. But can you imagine if Disney? I was thinking about this the other day. Mm-hmm. It's like 2019. Is that when it's happening? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. this service. They could like they could really kind of like backwards. I don't even the right word. Like, if they went about this streaming service, yes. if they did day and date releases with it, yes. If they did, can day- you imagine like what that would do? Like that would, well, obviously it would infuriate theater chains. Yeah. But I mean, when you have like Movie Pass saying, "Here's ten dollars, go see other movies you want," so obviously the theaters are hating it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The studios are hating that too a bit. I mean, because the studios make their money from theater chains on box office receipts. 
Which is ironic that the theater chains are complaining about the 995 thing when they make their money off of concessions. Right. But the idea of like a service like that existing where people are losing money somewhere. Yeah. But then here's Disney saying we're exiting Netflix and making this massive streaming service. Like what if they just fucking put their movies out on it? Yeah. What if they did that? What if they what if they did that and then they just included their subsidiaries? So like ESPN, live TV, live Disney XD. What if they did live versions of those channels too? All right. in this one service. On demand. Day I mean that, that that's a ma- yeah, that would be amazing. That's a massive investment. They but, can do it. But man. just like but I'm saying though, like the, the amount of like shit that Netflix gets yeah. for like Oh well, you know, are you a filmmaker who wants your film to be like immediately on the internet, like yeah. the day, and, and somebody who s- subscribes to a streaming service has access to it, and not in a theater? Mm-hmm. But the Disney comes along and says, "Well, we're fucking Disney, mm-hmm. and like we're gonna do it both ways. Yeah. We're gonna still have it in theaters because people don't belong to this service. But if you want to pay the twenty or thirty, whatever theirs ends up being, the I mean, like that could be a deal breaker. I Some mean, kind that of could tier be service, even, yeah, even. maybe yeah. like you pay twenty bucks a month and you get new releases or something. Yeah. If you pay ten, then you get that would be like you know, insane because that, that would be the company that could do it and say, "Oh, theater people, mm-hmm. like you hate this, you're gonna deal with it because like we're Disney, right? Yeah. Like that, that's the studio that would do it." I've noticed movie prices have come down a little bit. They're all they're they're all fewer seats in all the theaters. They're all yeah. being remodeled with recliners at some chains. They're they're all scrambling. Even a very successful film. Uh, like Spider-Man, if you see a, 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 like a weekend matinee of it, a couple of days after it comes out, you'll go, wow, there's like 12 people here. Yeah. yeah. And you think, well, this is because there's 10 screenings a day and there's three rooms that it's showing in at sure. this theater alone. And I do think that's the only thing that I would miss about this increasingly fractalized way of experiencing yeah. movies yeah. is that if we all kind of pick the exact way we take them in, you lose a little bit of that you sense do. of, oh, the room was just exploding with joy yeah. at this point, or you could have heard a pin drop, you know? It's interesting because like there's all this there's always this talk of like like I forget the name of the service like Sean Parker has like been pushing this yeah uh, this thing where like it. it's a piece of hardware that goes in your home like where you can get access to like day and date releases but you'd be paying like fifty dollars to be able to watch like Spider Man the day it comes out mm-hmm. in your home right and when you think about that you're still thinking about like some third party being involved and studios being okay with them doing it right. Yeah. But if you have something like this where Netflix and Disney are like parting ways and Disney's making this huge announcement about their new streaming service, it's like, why would that not be the best opportunity to say, we're compartmentalizing all of our content. We're not going to go through this piece of hardware that Sean Parker's doing. Mm -hmm. Because in essence, that's just the same thing as giving your movie to a theater, you know, and banking box office receipts. Mm -hmm. You know, like if you really did funnel all of your interests, your subscribers, your, your customers, whatever it is, into... Disney streaming service X. It's like, oh, well, we'll just put our fucking movies there and we'll just charge a lot of money for it. It's going to be like choosing your gaming console at some point. Disney would have to remove the stigma of something being straight to... That's still a stigma about that. There's still like a lack of prestige that comes with like straight to VOD. I'm I'm saying though, it would not be this. It would not be only that. Right, right, It would still be a theater. Like they would still have movies in theaters. But I mean like... The clout that that studio carries is like, I don't know how a theater chain would like say, okay, well, we're not going to play your movies. Mm-hmm. They would never say that. They would never say that. Because like, you know, the ones that still have the right. event thing that you're talking about are Disney movies. Mm-hmm. Whether it's their animated films mm-hmm. or their Marvel Universe or Star Wars, right. whatever the fuck it is, it's still Disney. You know, if it's an Indiana Jones movie that comes out whenever it happens, it's a Disney thing. Yeah. You know, like it's still them. Like they would never be able to say to a Disney studio or Walt Disney Studios, 
well, we're not going to show your films in AMC theaters anymore if you're going to release them on your streaming service day and date. Wouldn't happen. Yeah, we're not going to show half of the highest grossing films exactly. that people yeah. want to see the next year. Or they whatever. make so much money. Them and the Universal theater. are like the studios that mm-hmm. you would never say no to, especially yeah. Disney. But it, it's wild. Like, it's such a weird thing. Especially now that Universal has their MonsterVerse going. <laughs> like Gangbusters, you know? Cl- you, you know what? <laughs> Ironic. Because there is a world, a verse, yeah. that te- that seems to be better than the, <laughs> the Universal MonsterVerse or whatever it mm-hmm. is. And that is the... The fucking... The, the Conjuring-verse? Conjuring-verse? The, the Conjuring-verse. The Conjuring-verse, like yeah. The con- <laughs> what the fuck is happening? It's like, it's like there's some legitimacy to it. Like, people come to these theaters to see these connecting stories yeah. not all of them are good but they all have a, a a pretty consistent quality to them well i think the interesting thing about that because i haven't seen i've just seen the conjuring films i haven't seen either of the annabelle yeah. films but you oh. guys saw annabelle the new one right yeah yeah so we should get a quick take on that sure but, but my general thought was and i think this is what we said when we were texting about this is mm. that that's the way that you start something is you right. have something that people love and that it's like this has fingers that can go off in other directions totally. maybe it's a little contrived but horror's always had that element mm-hmm. of let's exploit this let's beat this into the ground so to yeah. do that with a little bit more care and a little bit more taste and just with some kind of an aesthetic even though they weren't my favorite parts of conjuring 2 but there are characters from that that i think are being spun out into their own movies the yeah. nun and then the man. what was his name crooked again man? the crooked man um, the Babadook slash Thin Man kind <laughs> yeah. of uh, hodgepodge. But I mean, I think in that sense, yeah, you start with something good, people like it, you bring in a little bit more, they yeah. like it. Then at some point, maybe you start getting bold and saying, we're going to do this and yeah. having all these big plans. But yeah, it's not, you don't you don't announce the slate of movies before the first one's even yeah. related with audiences. Yeah. The ones, the movies that James Wan has direct hands on, I think are good. The stuff he they say he executive produces, which might just mean he's like he just puts his hands on. It's like, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Let it go. But in an Australian accent. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's something mm-hmm. about the things that he directly touches. There's a stylistic quality sure. to it that he it's it's I don't understand how people don't I I think they're very good well made. The stuff that he actually directs or right. co directs or right. stuff like that. But yeah, the stuff he executive produces like like annabelle creations mm-hmm. eh. i mean what'd you think about the movie steve i yeah. mean i thought it was okay i thought so too i, I didn't was... i didn't like i didn't so so my take on it is that like <laughs> this universe that they're doing with this is like i agree with you it's the right way to do it, it and is. the reality of it is that they're making good enough films or better than average horror films which don't cost a whole lot exactly no. which don't cost very much money at and all. have a built-in Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. it. That's the key. It's right the there. Like you on a, you have a good weekend and you've made back your budget. Thirty five million dollar opening weekend was made for under fifteen. Yes. Dollar signs all over Warner yeah. Brothers lot. Yeah. You know, it's like it's insane. And even in this film, they kinda sort of introduce a character that you could wonder if they're gonna get their own yeah. spin off. They just fucking do it. But it's just what what I love about it, whether you like the movies or not. Is that the idea of this is the modern horror franchise? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you don't have horror movies anymore that have like seven sequels. You don't have the Jasons and the Freddies and the Michael Myers, right. which some people don't like. Some people are like, right? You know, I don't care. But I mean, what they're doing with this is like a very interesting take on the say on the idea of saying we can really just keep making these movies and have yeah. like sequels, but they're not really sequels. They like they may be sequels to themselves, like Annabelle and Annabelle Creation yeah. and Conjuring and Conjuring Two, whatever. But they're making this universe like this Marvel thing, this whatever DC thing. It's this kind of nice mashup of like 
how horror fans, you like one thing of a horror movie, like, I'll see it again. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. it's still scary. It may not be great, but it's it's cheap. It's easy to make. It's easy to put out. There's an audience that's going to come back see it. It's just amazing that they make these movies for, like, not much money at all, yeah. and they make so much money. Yeah. And they get and, decent actors who, yeah, like, obviously, yeah. I think there's a lot of actors, a lot of directors, a lot of writers working in Hollywood who love genre fare. Totally. Maybe they got into yeah. movies, love and horror movies. You see people like, I mean, you know, Patrick Wilson, Vera Farmiga, obviously, but um, Miranda Otto, yep. different actors who obviously are having Gabriel fun, Byrne. kind of yeah. like, not so much slumming, but just like, I think people like being in sort just of... playing in it. Like, that kind of B-movie stuff, they, everyone knows that's the most fun stuff to watch. Totally. So it's got to be the most fun stuff to do, too, right. in a lot yeah. of ways, you oh, know? I'm sure. Um, it's wild. It's cool. It's... But you're right. As long as it keeps that keeps threading that needle of never toppling under its own weight, yeah. I think that it it yeah. Why not? I mean, and, and then if you're talking about the fact that there won't be a Conjuring Seven quite the way that there would be a Puppet Master Seven, exactly. But yeah. there are still a ton of movies. It is very similar to the Marvel thing where you have sequels that aren't actually sequels, but it's like you yeah. like that flavor. Here's more of that flavor yeah. with totally different characters. Totally. Um, I think that this this Conjureverse. Is also the return of the decent kid actor. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck, man. Like yeah. these kids that they keep picking for these movies are pretty decent, man. Yeah, no. And and I, I I haven't watched any kids in these controversial movies. I was like, this kid is terrible. Yeah. They're no, all totally. really pretty good. They are. They they play up the scares. They react to things very realistically. I think that there's something about kids being a through line through all of these movies that kind of makes it interesting too i mean and they use them in a different way yeah for some of them you know is it possible that these movies are just generally well cast i mean is that maybe yeah. a thing that you could look I at the conjuring so. movies and say that the casting has been pretty solid it, across the board definitely. you know i mean the, the, because i do know what you mean about the kid actors in yeah, movies that can so often solid. be a weak point yeah. but i don't think in either of the conjuring films did i feel that way about the child actors the annabelle movie the first one was pretty not good mm. i mean like i don't hear anybody that terrible. seems to really have liked right. that right so it's so, so it, but it's that interesting thing of like it's wild that they made a sequel to it but it's like it's a it's a character it's a property that they know they can get legs on mm. and i mean um, not in the Conjuring verse, but like the Ouija movie. I was about the to Ouija say Origins. I was exactly. Good. I was gonna it's say like that. the idea of knowing, like we have we have a cool idea, and like we know that that might not have been that great, but I mean, there's a property here where we can make money. Like Ouija: The Origin of Evil didn't make a lot of money; it made enough to make back. That's the, that's a that movie is another like you know better than the original kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Just like this one, Annabelle Creation, I think is. Um, but it's just that interesting thing of like they know they can get more out of it, but they know that if they're gonna do it, it's got to be better. Right. And I think in that case, and in this one, in Annabelle, like the Conjuring verse uh, or Conjureverse, like that's a benchmark that I think they need to maintain. Like the the yeah. sequel, The Conjuring, was not or Conjuring Two was not better than Conjuring, in my yes. opinion. Yeah, me either. But some people think it was, right. and you know, and that's the interesting thing is that somebody might take on it that. I liked it more because of these things, and we can discuss that. And I think that's a good thing because no one unanimously said Conjuring Two was shit. Right. You know, like right. that's good, right. Right. and none of their things should be able to say it was crap. Yeah. And I think they probably learned from that with Annabelle, hopefully. Because yeah. I mean, there's enough of stuff there with the nun and the crooked man to really kind of build like this kind of fucking creepy movie. It, yeah. it, it could be cool, and they'll make it for no money, and they'll get interesting people in it, and. It'll be scary enough, yeah. you know. Like it's just—it's a cool thing that you know you'll have these interesting horror movies coming out about once a year at least with yeah. this with this universe. So uh, Annabelle creation, mm -hmm. 
I just realized not only does I think it's the same actress, the same child actress that's in Origins. Ouija uh, Origin. Yeah. It's funny that they both have this a very similar title too, totally. where it's the title of the first movie and then something that suggests Proceed, this yeah. is the origin of that yeah. thing that yeah. you don't care about. Totally. <laughs> you know that nobody, you know that thing that nobody was asking questions about. Well, we're going to go back and tell yeah. you the story of it. I think that like that idea that you can make a sequel to a movie that's not that great and have it be good is again in horror that's not such a hard concept, concept yeah. because that happens throughout right. a series but if they've done that i mean i just wonder if that's like we i think we talked about it with Ouija that it, if it really is the name thing that makes it still more bankable even to have a name that didn't work before yeah. on on your movie you just kind of go just forget that other one like we're saying this is the creation so that yeah. was whatever that was you know totally this, this doll now has another reason to be yeah. evil and possessed <laughs> and do bad things i'm a little afraid in the conjureverse the the offshoot movies if they do too much explaining of the origin of everything and connecting some of the things I, because Back to conjuring uh, yeah, yeah because annabelle creation has entirely too much explaining in the first hour of the movie it's super slow mm -hmm. up until the point because it was like a lot of world building that didn't it could have just started in the house it was like oh this is where why did they have to explain so right, much right, right. you remember they the family the doll being created how it connected, right. what happened to the girl, how it connected to that, what they did to get... Why? Wait, I mean, the, all that could have been explained very easily within the confines of the house. Mm -hmm. Maybe the guy could have said some things that could have explained some of it. Some Sometimes I get a little sick of flashbacks being used as the, the way to bring it back to yeah. how it happened. It doesn't always have to be like that. I've seen... There's other yeah, storytelling yeah. devices that could be used, mm -hmm. but this is a paint by numbers horror film. Like that, don't get it. It is. It is kind yeah. of. And it's directed by the the lights out guy. Yeah. Yeah. This director loves screaming. Like he's like everybody scream every scene <laughs> that you can scream. You must scream. I love that man. I love screaming in movies. It's it's hilarious to me. But yeah, I I think it's a decent movie, man. Oh, cool. I, yeah. I mean, it's it's better than. I mean, honestly, it's better than like a lot of movies that would be in theaters in August. Yeah. What yeah. was that last yeah. shitty horror film that you saw with the Wish Upon? <laughs> That's the shittiness that I'm talking about. This is way better. Has than Has anyone that. seen a trailer for Polaroid yet? Yes. Oh my god. Tell me, does it? Is, am I wrong? Is it just the sound design of the trailer, or in the movie, are they using the sound of the of the Polaroid as the sort of here's the signpost that evil yeah, is here I like that that's so dumb what's yeah, so funny to me is they have like the kids yeah. finding the camera in the antique store and he's like whoa this is cool it's a camera you know yeah. I'm just like weren't Polaroids hot like five years ago I feel like you could have gone to Urban Outfitters yeah. and yeah. bought a cheap Polaroid you definitely you know? so it's weird to me to think that they're acting like these kids it's are, like a, are going wow what is this relic. Yeah. Mm. I'm looking forward to that other one the the birthday movie the Happy Death Day? Yes! I saw the poster, so I haven't seen it. The poster that. was very weird to me. I was like, for a second, I was like, are they making another Friday the 13th? Yeah. Because, like, it says Happy Friday the 13th or something like that yeah. on the, one of the posters. It's, they don't. And, and then it said, and then I thought, oh, oh, okay, so this is a very confusing poster. It is. Because one moment I thought that, and then I was like, oh, is there another Purge movie coming out? Because yeah. something at the top, it says, like, something about. From the producers or the director of Purge. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, happy death day. I was like, yeah. death day? That could be the Purge day. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. I'm like, oh, wow, it's coming out in the fall? And then the guy I was at, at the theater with, he's like, oh, no, that's that happy death day movie. And I was like, yeah. I hadn't seen the trailer at that mm -hmm. point. So I going in, I was like, oh, shit, this is like a new Friday 13th? Nope. 
heard? No. Yeah. no. It's this original property about this girl who's like living the day over and over it's again. It's another Groundhog's Day movie. Yeah. How many fucking movies are there going to be like that, man? A lot. That YA one, that um, before I fall, or yes. before I wake, or whatever. The the comedy Naked just came out with Marlon Wayans. Oh that, right, right, the right. Same thing. Like, there's another one coming. Ever out. think about the fact that you might be a protagonist of one of those films, trapped in a world where you are having to see yeah, the same what? film over that and over? Makes me feel nuts when you <laughs> say that. Yeah, that scares the shit out of me. I'll Real, see that one though. I don't oh know. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'll see it. See, August was. I think even when we were doing our summer preview, we were like August seemed kind of light. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, I, wasn't I, think, I, I think I picked Dark Tower. I didn't. Only because of the Stephen King. I didn't even yeah. see it yet. Well, I saw a couple of movies that kind of go against that mm. that August shit pile thing, but they're also the, exactly the type of films that get stuck into August for kind of counter-programming sure. purposes, and that's Wind River and uh, oh, Logan Lucky. Fuck. I want to see Wind River. Uh, you know, I don't want to say anything about it because... <laughs> I mean, I'll try to be as vague as I can don't. while also being useful. I went to go see it with knowing nothing about it. It was it was another Sicario for me. I know nothing either. So Taylor Sheridan, who wrote and directed Wind River, mm. was the writer of Hell or High Water, which yeah. was a film that this podcast tended to love, yes. and a kind of modern Western, and also wrote Sicario, which is another film that this podcast kind of fell in love with, which is another kind of modern, like, if not Western, that kind of vibe of yeah. hardened people on the edge of what we consider to be civilization, you know? Totally. And with Sicario, you'll remember, I, I went into it only knowing that I liked the director and that I liked certain cast members, and I knew nothing about it. And it was great seeing it kind of unroll in front of me, not knowing what kind of movie it was going to be. Very similar experience with Wind River mm. in the sense of, all I knew was, I think Jeremy Renner's the lead, and I think, uh, what's her name? Uh, the, the other Olsen. The other Olsen sister. What's her name? Uh, Mary-Kate Mary Kate Ashley. Elizabeth Olsen. Elizabeth. <laughs> I through the name. Jesus. <laughs> my server is Mary yeah. Kate. I think of her as Scarlet Witch, you know? Yeah. So she. You Elizabeth's know, I, my favorite one. So I knew that way. she was in it, and I knew Strong that he was in it, and that was about it. Yeah. And and I also I wasn't sure what the pedigree was. I knew it was connected to Sicario and or Hell or High Water, but I kind of knew to expect that sort of movie. Yeah. But I would say yes, if you love Sicario and you love Hell or High Water, oh boy, there's a really good chance that you're going to have a lot to love in this movie. Ooh, okay. Yes. I kind of want someone else to have seen it because it is tricky. It's got some really hard subject yeah, matter in I've it. Heard. A okay. little bit familiar, maybe, if you look at the arc, the overall arc of some of the characters. The Elizabeth Olsen character is not a million miles away from the Emily Blunt character in Sicario. And Jeremy Renner, if you've been cautiously watching his career going, I think he's pretty good. This is definitely a notch in the... Mm. He's pretty great. Like okay. He's really, really solid in this. Cool. There's something he brings to it very much like maybe not as charismatic as what Chris Pine and Ben Foster brought to Hell or High Water, but it's in that neighborhood of this is almost like an, a classic genre piece, and he's playing very much a laconic, old-fashioned man's man cool. who's dealing with emotional cool. shit that he might not be prepared for. And and like Hell or High Water, there's a slow revealing storyline that by the time you get to the end, you kind of know what the real backstory is. Cool. So okay. Uh, in that sense, I think uh, uh, I can't imagine people that love those other two movies not finding a lot to love in this. And I have a feeling that if you guys had seen it. We right now would be enthusing about all these great little spots that I just don't oh, want to ruin. For right, you right, because right. They're great. Well, I appreciate it, but I'm, I'm, I don't know much about it. The poster looked cool. Yeah. I read who was in it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to lean into it probably pretty soon. So mm -hmm. cool, really interesting. Maybe what about Logan Lucky? I really liked it. It gives you so much. It's warm. It's funny. It's fast. It's got all these crazy characters in it. But there's something about the way that Steven Soderbergh puts together a movie that is so loose. <laughs> that it, it feels gutsy and kind of yeah. bold, but it also sometimes can result in sort of a sloppy structure or something. Mm. And I feel like there's a point maybe about 15 minutes before the end of Luck, Logan Lucky where I was going, 
oh, that was kind of cool. And then the next 15 minutes have about five minutes of, oh, cool. And about 10 minutes of, oh, why are you tacking this on to the end of the movie? And I'll have to say that uh, the two performances that hold the movie back the most. I'm ready. Adam Driver. Adam Driver, one of them? No. Really? I thought he was good. I didn't know if he could pull off that tone. He's cartoonish, but good. Okay. Gotcha. He's doing a little bit of a voice like this the whole movie, and it's a little bit to take, but okay. I think Adam Driver, I like Adam Driver I do. a lot. I love I him, like man. his physicality. I like that he's a big lug, kind yeah, of, you know? Yeah, and in this, he's even like he's even kind of more of that. <laughs> I thought he was funny. Uh, Seth MacFarlane is horrible. Oh, fuck Seth MacFarlane. And yes. Hilary Swank is horrible. Really? And Hilary Swank actually has like a load-bearing part that it pops in late in the film, and if it had been a really charismatic actor, could have been a great role. But with her, it's just like she just overdoes it or something, or she's just. Can stiff. I ask you something? She's both stiff and overacting at the same time. If Anne Hathaway replaced her, you think she? I know I'm just throwing a weird name. You know, if up Anne there. Hathaway had replaced her, I would probably right now be telling you I'm reconsidering my feelings on Anne Hathaway. Okay. She was great because I, I bet it, Anne Hathaway would have been fantastic. In I this think part. she needs a role like that. I've been thinking about that a lot actually. I think Anne Hathaway would have been really funny in this part. Okay. Hilary cool. Swank felt like she was just almost like she's piped in from a different movie where it's not uh. quite as satirical or something okay um but seth MacFarlane is like doing a british guy and he's not very good like the accent's not very good the character it just never takes off it's just it just it's, it puts the screeching brakes on whenever he's on screen and it made me think once again boy if this was even pick a british actor i don't like it could have been russell brand and it would have been great this oh, character wow. would have been wow. funny but seth MacFarlane, he's a name that literally i will like it's full stop for me yeah like with I content totally yeah. i cannot stand him it's like nope like, like, like his new series that's coming out this fall. Here's a new series. Like the, the space uh, Star Trek looking. It's like oh. a Star Trek comedy. parody. Jean Favreau, I think, like is a producer or director yeah. of the pilot. Like, nope. Everybody else that's involved that I like can't. I just don't like him. But back just to wrap up my thoughts on that cast. Daniel Craig. Okay. Amazing. Really? I've heard. So funny. Good. So, good. so funny and so good. And the character is so warm. It's like a fun, good natured cool. film. Like, crazy. I was watching it about halfway in, going, Is there any reason why I didn't bring Henry to this? I mean, if you're a Soderbergh fan, I think you'll dig this movie. Totally. Gotcha. So, I guess before we wrap up this episode, unless anybody has any other movies they want to mention that they've seen, uh, have you? I don't think so. You have any? No, I've seen nothing. Yeah. Dun 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 dun. Um, I guess we can. Why is Steve singing the theme to the show bolder and more proudly than the other two? Is it because perhaps his prediction came true? Yeah. Well, okay. Let me just check it off. I'm the first one that got my prediction this season. No, I was actually thinking. I still think. What's interesting is our two predictions are almost like directly in conflict with each other. Which one? You predicted that Sansa would die, yeah. and I predicted that yeah. Littlefinger would die, and I could see that plotline going one way or the other. You know, I totally. feel like it's going to be Littlefinger, but I could still see something <clears throat> more tragic happening yeah. with the way that Littlefinger is playing the sisters against each other. But let's take a moment. Let's let's bow. Steve's yeah. uh, ice dragon. You were right. Uh, Thank you, right. fellas. Fantasy, cool. and I think a fantasy we're all happy to share in. It came oh true. Oh my god! What oh, man? Do you think? Okay, we we know that this is happening. I literally like got out of bed and was standing up for like Aaron's like, Shh, you're gonna wake the baby. And I'm like, I jumped out of bed and was like looking at the screen like, oh and he grabbed that staff and he's yeah. like he's eyeing it in the sight yeah. in the sky, I'm like, oh my god. Can I ask you guys a question? Yeah. What do you think their motivations are? Like what, what, do you, what do you mean? The, the army, the, the, the White Walkers? Yeah, what 
I, it's not very clear. I will say that with their motivation, that one thing I would like to see them do that I don't know that they're going to have time to do, but I would like to see them do. Maybe not mm-hmm. this season, okay. but maybe next season when there are supposedly six movie length episodes. Right. One of those I would love to just throw us down amongst the yeah. White Walkers yes. and see their culture and yeah. see what motivates Something. them, see what angers them, see what their real purpose is. Because the fact that they were created, correct me if I'm wrong, their backstories, they were kind of created as like this biological weapon by the mm. children of the forest right. against men. Right? Right, yeah, they, they were. So, so what I'm saying is, right. is there some, is anywhere within them, is there any kind of cause or or belief or goal that we would hear yeah. and go, oh, I kind of see where they're coming from. Because if not, they would be the only characters on Game of Thrones that we don't have some, even Cersei, yeah. we see what made yeah. her this mad queen that she's right. become. Uh, even Arya, we see why she's this cold-blooded killer. So with something like, it's a little bit weird that the ultimate big bad guys on the show might be sort of cardboard Pure evil yeah. villains. That would be so disappointing if at the end of this you don't find out their motivation. Because it's vi- you're right. All the characters in the story are very dynamic. You kind of even if somebody's just like, I want money, I want to kill this person. Right. That's fine. You know their motivations. This is not very clear. Besides, they're very powerful, mm-hmm. um, very vicious, and they come in the form of bears sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think it's it's, it's interesting like, the idea of like that they were created to fight man, yeah. and then the children of the forest and man had to band together to fight them. Yeah, yeah. and now they are basically like cleansing the world of any creation that's not them. Yeah, more or less. Yeah, yeah that's wild. It's, it's interesting yeah. to see. And now everything else needs to come together to. Fight them. I don't know. That's wild. So it here's is. my thought about the w- the way things are going on Game of Thrones these sure. days. Episode after episode, I think cool episode, great episode, great scene, cool scene. It's moving so fast though, and yeah. some of the leaps you have to take to get you to a moment that you really enjoy. I'm not saying that I want them to slow it down on purpose. I'm not saying like make it because I mean, you're getting towards the end. Things speed up. Yeah. But there are moments that are so great that if you breeze past what got you there, you will go. Well, it's a little. Like, it was pretty crazy that within an episode, they went from Tyrion suggesting, oh, maybe we could bring a white down to Cersei, mm-hmm. to them, like, the team of seven is going north of the wall within, like, 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just saying... They it, traveled there so fast. It has the effect of making it feel a little dumbed down compared to yeah. past seasons. And here's, while, here's all I'm saying about that. Mm-hmm. I think if you're going to use logistics and distance and <laughs> and those sort of things as plot points. Yeah. Like, for instance, if the White Walkers are taking years to march down to the wall as far as we can tell it's a little bit weird that south of the wall people are just bing bong, bing, 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 bong, <laughs> just going from place to place within an episode now all i'm saying is i just want that one line of dialogue every now and then that explains we were on the we were sailing for three months yeah. or this journey took us a week or something the white walkers kind of just kind of like slow in the, Maybe in the early it. seasons though they would spend half a season with people like on the road to a place now it's like Within an episode, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like totally the characters in mm. King's Landing, then they're here, and then they're here, and then they're here, and then they're here. And the recent one too, you know, as cool as it was to see like Danny swoop in with the dragons, it's like she was just there. Yeah. She, we saw her get the message while they were sitting on that yeah. thing. Like within a few hours, she's there. I just am saying that feels a little <laughs> ill-defined. I'm not saying it's bad storytelling. Yeah. I'm just saying it definitely feels like. There's a point where they said we're we're off the books and we're finishing up this story, mm. and it's like the story's telling the storytelling changed at that point to be much more kind of almost like conventional, yeah. really well made fantasy yeah. storytelling. Yeah. But it doesn't have that seeing the 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 the, the like the cogs and the yeah. gears within yeah. gears turning that you used to see. Now it's much more like I'm the hero. I've got this mission. This let's admit 
pretty half-formed mission. As cool as those characters oh, are, it was a terrible seven mission. guys just walking north of the wall is yeah. a little bit like, why would you send your best guys yeah. out on a, basically to a suicide a mission? walker and bring it... They and could, also, they... narratively, how did they miss the opportunity to have one of them be the... the... I was convinced that Jorah or Thoros or Beric or somebody was going to die, get reanimated, and then that would be the one they would bring back. Imagine right. how like dramatic that would be if we had Jorah, but he was... Like dead right. Jorah, and, and anyway, I feel like we left a certain style of show that was more. Here's the gritty side of fantasy, and yeah. now we're kind of in just. Well, here's a really good fantasy story. You well, know, I like the idea that a sense of urgency has been created, and you don't have time to really have as much strategy. You're just kind of seeing. You're taking in information and then making moves based off of that. Right. You know, I like that. I like yeah. that it was like really slow paced, and then they're like, "Oh my god, these people are coming. We have to change our strategy." And it's changing like every couple, every couple episodes. There, it changes. I like that. I kind of like that. It's been kind of sped up. I, I, I don't mind the but speed. I, know what you mean. I just feel like well, along with the speed, we've lost some of the nuance and some yeah. of the complication of just like the characters and the yeah. motivations. I, I and then on, on the other side, you have the fact that we've spent a whole season building up to whatever's going to happen at Winterfell. I, like I don't know. That. It's just interesting to see how fast some <clears throat> stories are moving in comparison to others. I think a lot of people are going to die in the last episode. I think when really? they meet up with Cersei, when it, that it, happens, it I think it's interesting that really is... there hasn't been a whole lot. No, not at death. all. I would say they've. Missed, I mean, there have, but like, like side characters and stuff like that. I think that. they've like, missed two big opportunities. Actually, I think I think at the end of episode four, when Jamie was sinking down into the water, I didn't necessarily want Jamie to die because I do feel right, like his right. destiny is to have something to do with Cersei's, Cersei's demise. Dead, yeah. But if Bronn had died in that, mm. I would be sad. Yeah, but I would have felt like what a badass way for him to go out. Totally. Right. And similar to a couple more. I mean, as I like Jorah. I like Beric. I like Gendry. Drummond, yeah. But I was expecting like just a couple of guys to make it back from mm -hmm. that mission. And it does seem strange. It almost seems like a show that built its reputation on We'll Kill Anyone yeah. has now said, we really don't want to kill these characters that everyone really likes. Which you know? makes me believe that this last episode, man, I think a lot of people are going to die. To be death and destruction? Death and destruction. Oh, So I'll call it. Four people are going to die. That's my four major characters. Four, four major, like major secondary. Yeah, like, like four, four. Well, I won't say all top tier. I'll say. Well, I'm sec, saying like you got like that second. Low, second I'll say tier. second. I don't want to say four. That would be yeah, ridiculous yeah, yeah. if four major characters. But I'd say one from the top, maybe three my three second tier characters. Do you do you see? I mean, like this is going with like what you predicted, mm -hmm. like Arya killing Sansa. Yes, like. Like, oh, do you, do you think that like that Arya has kind of like gone so far into that like death, like tunnel vision of like you did something wrong, like you have to die now, right? Like you know they they play that last episode really really nice, like the tension and, and her flipping the knife over to her at the end. Yeah. But like something that crossed my mind was like if if that character is that far gone, mm -hmm. Arya. Like, can you imagine if there was something that happened in this show? I don't even know how they would do this narratively. It'd probably be too quick. Like, mm -hmm. you would not like this. <laughs> but if they did something where, like, you're seeing these characters still exist, but then you realize that, like, Arya has already killed Sansa. I, mm -hmm. and, I think, like, and, like, I think, she's basically been playing the role. I think Arya killed Littlefinger already. And that that was her? Yes. Like getting that, information from Sansa? I was fucking telling I don't think so. I don't I, think that they... I, I think, you don't think I, so? I think they would... They, that moment has to happen. That, you have to see that. Sansa has to play some role in, mm. in Littlefinger being toppled because that's her character I think arc. Littlefinger's already dead. Oh, I, I would bet you money. That <laughs> I don't want to bet money. I don't want to lose anybody. I'll bet you smoked muscles. That, uh, <laughs> okay. No, I just feel like that's too much of a thing. However, right, right, I right. do think if Littlefinger does die... 
I, I, I would not be surprised at all to see his face end up in, in Arya's bag of faces. You mean Because if there's a character that it would be cool to see someone, like, oh, yeah. Littlefinger would be the ultimate fake person. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, Arya absolutely. acting as Littlefinger, you could spend a season almost with her in King's Landing going around fucking shit so up as Littlefinger. Because who else can take... get close to Cersei? You right. know what I mean? Right. Even Arya though I think Cersei take... might kill Littlefinger on sight at this point, but I bet she'd be able to... His face... Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> His face... <laughs> Off. So what did you guys think of the discovery that it's literal that she has faces in a bag? That the faces nuts. That that but but it does clarify that yeah. you gotta kill the person yeah. and yeah. actually take their face yeah. in yeah. order to Which be is them. Nuts. But if they do that next season with we know it's Arya and no one else does, they mm. could really milk that with Littlefinger, oh, you know, being the guy. So I, and that's also a way to keep that actor on the show that I think you know, he's one of the lead actors. People seem to be really across the spectrum with what they think of that performance. Uh what do you think of Littlefinger's like performance? I like Littlefinger, man. Like even within the world, he's like putting on a performance. Yeah, yeah. and you almost sense him. And like, even just his voice, like yeah. kind of get that like a whisper to his voice. Like, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, he's I, delighting it. Yeah, yeah. No, we, we, we were joking about that. That like as the Stark kids are showing up, you would think he would start getting less bold, but instead he's like going up to him one by one and going, "I wanted to fuck your mother." <laughs> <laughs> he is getting super bold, man. He's and also now we see he's up to something, and yeah. it's like playing the two sisters against each other. Even though it feels like a last ditch effort in season one, Ned Stark's undoing was not just coming to King's Landing and trusting Littlefinger. It was leaving the North, yeah, where it's all about honor and family and connections, and yeah. we fought beside each other, and we'll yeah. always do Loyalty, it. Yeah, he comes south where it's all about scheming. He's out of his element. That's curtains for him, Littlefinger. Yeah who's a man of the South, he's into palace intrigue. He's finally in a place where scheming and palace intrigue don't get you out of it. I mean, he's literally, he's snowed in in the wrong fucking castle. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for, not just that he killed their dad, but like schemes aren't going to help you out. So in a weird way, if they make it so that in the end, Littlefinger was just as out of his element in Winterfell as Ned Stark was in King's Landing, that's some cool symmetry because Littlefinger was so instrumental in Ned Stark's death. That if and especially if the kids now figure that out, I, I, the only thing I wonder is: is it going to be execution style, head chopped off for Littlefinger, or is it going to be like eyes gouged out, tongue cut off, gutted? <laughs> you know, I think he's going to be mid speech and just crack. <laughs> just <laughs> also, what do you think about the tension between uh... John and Danny? Yeah, oh, aunt. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, okay. uh, his, his aunt. So, yeah, he, have we talked about them? I their think we relationship? Talked, we, they had just met when we last talked about yeah. this show. How do you feel their storyline has developed? I think it's really cool. Um, I think that they're going to get romantic before they find out they're re- related. Oh, this is, last episode, it was very clear that like there's more than close. just respect between them. Yeah, two. yeah. It's going to, they're going to, and then some, what if they like know? Like when he said, I'm going north to get this white, she had this look on her face like, oh, my, my boy's leaving? You know, like <laughs> yeah. there was this brief moment. I was like, okay, so she is kind of sweet on him. Also, the big question of now that we know that Rhaegar's marriage was annulled before, and, and a secret marriage to uh, Lyanna yeah. Stark. So like, he's not actually a bastard, right? He's not, it... not only is he not actually a bastard, he's more he, legitimate he's than legitimate. she is. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Like, the, the yeah, succession would go he, to he's this... The, he's the heir. He's yeah. the heir, which is going to get tense if she finds out, because she... However, I... if they get married, then it solves all their problems. Because the king and queen, his people, he doesn't mm. bend the knee... That's why I was surprised to see him say that he would, although I'm getting sick of the phrase bend the knee. I love it. I love that they say it. I love it, but it's just funny that that's the the only way they have to refer to (laughs) it at this point. No, I just think that it, that was what I was thinking was, it seems that his people wouldn't mind if he, if he, it's an alliance, if he marries her, then he's not, he's, she's, it's king and queen, not like queen and 
you know, Lord, Lord. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I can also see that Jon Snow, he's he's got his mind on the one thing. He wants to stop the lights, and so anything yeah. else to him is is secondary. Does Danny die on this show? I think that John and Danny both have a bullseye on their head yeah. in that sense. However, I don't think both will die. I'm just saying both have that great surprise death that is like this person wouldn't, shouldn't die, but this is Game of Thrones, so they'll die. Mm. So with one episode left, the main storyline is going to be whatever happens with their plan to show Cersei the, the white, which means we might not get the big showdown that we saw coming at the end of last season. We might not see any of the Greyjoy stuff, like Euron Greyjoy, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yara, Dion. I don't know that we have time to yeah. really tie anything up with that. Um, what do you think? Do you think there's anything else that, they, that might get left out of the finale? I'm trying to think of other characters that we probably won't see. Um, Damn, I don't know. I don't yeah, know, man. It's, what if what if the White Walkers somehow like invade that showing at King's Landing now that they have a dragon and can fly? I just think showing the army of the dead making it south of the wall would be a good way to end the season. Sure, you know, and also if you have that happening right when we see that Cersei's not going to play ball, or maybe she yeah. is playing ball, and it seems like everyone's united. I mean, surely there's going to be some twist. How do those swords get set on fire? They just. What the hell is that? I love that. That was fucking awesome. It's the Lord of Light. <laughs> Holy shit. And then, when he, and then when he like would stick it in the yeah. snow and it would just distinct, extinguish yeah. itself. What? I'm kind of glad he's still around, even yeah, though I thought he and Thoros were both going to go. It's it. a little bit weak that they killed yeah. the least important character. <laughs> However, he's the guy that brings people back. Yeah. So yeah. someone pointed out that like, yeah, that's it. it w- him dying early in the battle means that other people can't get brought back if yeah. they die. That's really Because if he was still around, you would have that temptation. However, yeah. if he then turned into a, a white... And then that was the one they brought back. That would have been that would have been really cool too. But. So what is this whole thing about one Walker dies and then a couple of them like well, those that like like yeah if, if he turned that's really them, interesting. It's sort of like a vampire siren yeah. thing, I would guess. My my brain was thinking, what if that one guy that they caught is one of those people they can kill that would kill a bunch of people? I don't know. I what I thought was because he didn't die. Yeah, he, he went, didn't yeah. die. Yeah, so I was thinking, what if they killed him and that mm-hmm. knocked out a bunch of guys that were kind of coming towards him during that battle? But yeah, yeah well, I, I think that that happens whenever they kill one. We just haven't seen it. This time yeah. we happened to see one who was with, I guess, the ones he had, right, he had right. raised from the dead. But yeah, but yeah, I kind of thought we would get to the end of the season, Steve, and the last image we would have would be the undead dragon. But now that we've already seen that I, I was trying to think what could be the other big surprise so that's why i think something to do with the wall coming down because yeah. yeah. that has been like the symbolic thing you know all along totally. and literal thing that protects them will any more dragons die i guess that's what i wanted to ask you guys i don't think so i, I hope not really it's almost like they've spent this whole season showing us that the unbeatable daenerys at the end of last season is very beatable right. yeah, totally. yeah i'm disappointed that Tyrion hasn't been able to be more tactically sound, more strategically yeah. sound. He, he hasn't really had a whole lot of good plans no. this season. And I right. kind of am wondering, it's similar to the way that we worry about Danny being a little too power mad and a little yeah. too, yeah. like, are, are we to see that these characters that we were really rooting for, that we thought, okay, finally they're together and they're going to do great things, we see that they're just as fallible as every other character sure. on the show. Or is he sabotaging the situation? That makes me, I've been thinking about that too. Like, Are there secret plans that we is, don't know about? He is, if we've seen his history of being a pretty sharp guy, why did it stop just now? Is he, is he, is he kind of playing it? He's kind of playing both sides, I feel like. He's kind of it's tough to know. creating the strategy that seems smart enough. It's failing. He's like, oh, damn it. 
I didn't mean to screw up. I just up don't this. see any hints that he's hiding anything. Yeah. I think they would have given us a glimmer of he him hiding. He might be subconscious. It. I think that they've shown that he doesn't, like at the end of episode four when when he was watching the dragon yeah. you know, wipe mm-hmm. out the Lannister army, you could sense that he was seeing the horror of it and going, wow, what we're bringing to this land really is horrible. And even though I have no love for my, my home and my people, I don't like to see... It is like you could tell something was stirring in yeah. him right, that right, he was right. bringing foreigners to his land and watching them wipe out his people. Yeah. I want to know why he didn't get on a dragon. I wish he would have gotten on the dragon and flown off with her. Well, there's a whole thing about dragon riders and who can ride a dragon, but they kind of blew that out of the water by having just the whole gang hop on the dragon <laughs> at the end of this episode. But I have a feeling that we'll see John and Danny well, riding dragons together at some point. Well, so is the dragon rider thing like people that literally can just sit on a dragon or that the dragon responds to? Right. Who, you, who knows? Because I feel like her the... being on it could be like, oh, yeah, these are my guests. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. but like the fact that Tyrion could touch the dragon and Jon could touch the dragon, I felt like it'd been really fucking cool if Tyrion rode in on the second dragon and mm-hmm. I didn't know the dragon was going to die then, yeah. but then Jon rode out on the third with them. Yeah. I'd been fucking baller to have all three of them riding those dragons. I think they just haven't introduced too much about like in the books the whole thread of like who's going to ride the dragon and yeah. what does the three-headed dragon mean does that mean that there's three dragon riders you know there's lots of little yeah. things with that's that. what i was right. reading about that's yeah. what i was hoping was those three but uh, but i think the knight's king kind of fits that slot too i mean oh, he's yeah. he could be a dragon rider you totally. know so to me the whole notion that someone else is going to ride another dragon i i think that yes Tyrion was able to like i think the dragons are smart enough to sense that Tyrion is is a good man or is yeah. not meaning right. them any harm and therefore they were like we're not gonna boil you you know yeah. whereas I felt like with John it was more than that like the dragon made these little cooing noises and stuff that we haven't heard it make before that yeah. made it seem like there's more Something of a connection there, yeah. what I liked about that scene was from Danny's point of view you could tell that she had this moment of like oh shit what's about to happen like she didn't know for sure that John wasn't about to be dragon lunch you yeah, know but then the fact that he wasn't I thought that was neat that there's still this thing about the dragons is that even Danny can sort of control them and can kind yeah. of doesn't know for sure yeah. can kind of make sure that they're going to do what she wants my theory is uh, last episode uh, one of the dragons is going to stand upright and say hey I'm Puff the Magic Dragon I expect that too I fully expect that <laughs> I'm ready to kill and some and this is all just an origin story for Puff the Magic Dragon <laughs> You mean the, the end, you don't mean the last episode of the show. You mean next episode? Next episode. Yeah, definitely. Like they're going to be sitting there saying, "Here's our plan," and Cersei's going to say, "All right, we, we, we'll defeat them first. And then yeah. someone's going to say, "Hey, you guys forgot about me," and everyone's going to turn around. <laughs> like, what? And then the, the dragon's going to rise up on his back legs. Yep. So can the walkers? The walkers can't talk, right? That's not a thing, or not yet. Unlike people named Walker in the real world, <laughs> the ones in the show can't talk. Yeah, okay. So they won't be like blast when something happens bad or okay. I'm I'm curious. I do wonder yeah. though. Again, I want some hint of what the yeah, White Walk when humanity. they're alone and they're not. You know, when they're right. like planning things. I want because yeah. all they do is like motion silently to. Things. Yes. Does the Knights King seem a little cross-eyed to you? He does. The CGI <laughs> on those guys are kind of weird. Let's let's be honest. The show does a little a, imposed on the background. Look the a show does a great job with like visualizing things yes like here's a battle that's shot in a way that we haven't seen before or it stays on these characters like when they're in that middle of that ice lake and all around them is this ring of the dead just the the staging of that is very creative that looked really good they usually do well with staging things sometimes there'll be like a beautiful shot a a beautiful effects shot up against a kind of shoddy effects shot I think certain things never quite get beyond I mean it's still an amazing looking show but I know what you mean there are certain things that look more real than others (laughs) yeah definitely And but I think that they've they, whatever they've been saving of the budget to have the dragons this season, the dragons have looked incredible. Solid, yeah, really good. Amazing. Yeah, 
So this is exciting, man. That's exciting. So yeah, last episode of the season. What like I'm still expecting uh, Littlefinger to die. You're saying more big deaths could happen. Who's somebody else that we think could go? What where do we think it might leave us with some of the characters? Um, I don't know if Cersei is going to last this season. Past the season, really? Yeah, man. I don't. I don't know. I think she lasts through the season, but only because I think there's a whole era of her being truly unhinged oh, that we right. still haven't seen. You know what I mean? The like, Mad Queen, right? Interesting. But yeah, we'll catch up on our next episode, which is 199, mm-hmm. uh, with the the Game of Thrones season finale and hopefully some other movie-oriented stuff. And then after that, wow, guys, bicentennial. Yeah, that's exciting. <laughs> it is exciting. Cool. Well, that was 198 of the Movie Movie podcast. Uh, if you want to find us on Facebook, you can find us there. Also, moviesmovie.com. Uh, Podbean if you want to stream our podcast from there. Or whatever podcast pl- platform you use, whatever app you use, um, you should be able to find us in most mm. cases. Um, and whatever that is, if you can leave a review or a star or rating or whatever kind of feedback you can give on that system or that platform, uh, it'd be appreciated. And uh, it helps us know that people are actually listening. And uh, even if they weren't, we still have a blast doing this podcast, so it's still a lot of fun. But feedback's always nice, and it helps people learn about us when they search for movies on iTunes or whatever it might be. It helps push us up a little further. Mm. So that would be good. As always, if you could do that. Um, and also, as always, you've made our day. You don't want to use as always too much. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Blew it a little early, but I'll go back to the well. A lot of things are as always. His head was bent in sorrow. Green scales fell like rain. Love no longer went to play along the cherry lane. Without his life, Lord friend, love could not. Sadly slipped into his cage